Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns and Ashton Ruby. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 71 of Retro Hangover. Hello, retro and classic gamers. Welcome to the podcast where we are nightly knocking ninny ninjas with Nintendo nunchucks that nimbly knock off ninja knickers who wear masks as they should. This is episode 71 of the Retro Hangover Podcast. I am your co-host, Chris Copleen, with our Nintendo host, LP Tiger. And as always, your host, Shane Gripping Dick. Dragon Walskowski. Yeah, ninjas are are the real the real heroes of social distancing. <laughs> they stay in the shadows. They they wear a mask. You know. They, I mean, I'm just saying proud. they need to wear them because ninjas should wear masks. I'm not making making Man, social commentary at all. Appropriate. I didn't realize that. That's what we're doing. Here. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the whole reason that we're doing this episode yeah, it's just one it's, it's one big social commentary it's, it's guys a, does a ninja gaiden episode it's it's psa welcome to ninja gaiden yeah. hi that's right welcome but to retro hangover i mean i'd like to um uh compliment you on your very close to michael buffer yell there i know like i said in a previous episode they need to pay me to do midget wrestling announcing i think i'd be pretty good i mean little people i'm sorry jesus christ little people wrestling <laughs> announcing I, I just got to be very careful with my words. I still don't know how we went from uh, you. You sound like a, a European football announcer to little people wrestling. I mean, not that I'm like, you know, against it or anything. I just I still haven't really made that connection. I could do both. Sure. Yeah, I can. I can pretend to be European. I don't know where my accent would fit. Um, I don't think anywhere, but I can pretend. I have a terrible English accent. The English once I, I was trying to do an English accent one night is called um. What'd they call it? I think it was Tra- Trafalgar Night. No, it wasn't called uh, Trafalgar Night. It was called something else. Um, if I if I can remember, Pickle Night for the HMS Pickle. And what they do is they 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 celebrate the voyage of the pickle after the Battle of Trafalgar to let Queen Victoria know that the battle is victorious. So it's very very silly, and it's great. And they had me do this uh, speech because you get to throw food at everybody, and you make all these rules. And the point is just to get absolutely blisteringly drunk. And to just have a ridiculous raucous time. It's it's such a good time. But in any case, I got up and I tried to do a British accent and they laughed at me and they said, uh, how did you go from having a shitty British accent to sounding South African? I'm like, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't even know what South Africans sound like. But thank you. I, apparently they can tell. I can't. I just feel like Voyage of the Pickle is some sort of like heretofore unknown euphemism that I feel like I need to use at some point. It might be. 
Um, I think that's kind of why it's celebrated. Who knows? And okay. if you if you doubt me, just Google Pickle Night. Okay, you dress <laughs> up and an with safe search faction. on with safe search on. No, it's not that bad. Uh, I hope. In any case, like they dress up in anachronistic clothing. So like you're wearing a striped shirt, like old piratey stuff. The Marines wear old Marine garb and the, the, so the, you're, the women you're dress like Navy, bar you're, just, you're Navy LARPing. That's what this is. Yeah. British Navy LARPing. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. SCA. All right. Got it. Yeah. I Googled midget wrestling and uh, <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> Little people wrestling, Tiger. No, Little it's right wrestling. here. It's, Wikipedia says midget wrestling. There's extreme midget wrestling. Uh, I, I think they only you know, on FX. Yeah, yeah, they 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 call it major wrestling. So here I am. <laughs> I mean, if they're there embracing it, I guess it's okay. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. It's like uh, hearing impaired or deaf, like deaf people. Uh, oh no, I'm going too deep here. <laughs> I mean, if that's their preferred nomenclature, then that's totally fine. Yeah, I'd yeah, be. yeah. I'm sure it's okay. I just want to know what the difference now is between like, you know, just your standard run of the mill midget wrestling and extreme midget wrestling. They use barbed wire and extreme midget wrestling. Fire involved? Probably. I need to see this. It's like ECW. In any case, this is a video game podcast. So (laughs) let me tell you about marble racing. Have y'all seen this? No. (laughs) Well, that's called Marble Madness, which maybe one day we will get to. Oh, that'd be great. I'm in. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. That's a good quarantine topic, given the popularity of marble racing these days. Oh, I forgot about that. That was really cool. Oh, yeah. 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 But I wouldn't mind talking about balls. Who doesn't? Hey, glad we brought that one back around. And we're in Florida, so it's nice and sweaty. In any case. Sure is. It's awful outside. But as as we do on this podcast, and we talk about what we have been up to lately and what we've been playing. So let's start off the show that way as we transition into that and get this going before we talk about our wonderful topic, which is Ninja Gaiden. So without further ado, Tiger, what have you been up to? What have you been playing, man? Man, I totally forgot we do this segment, and like I'm excited because um, I've been playing Fall Guys on the PlayStation <laughs> 4, and that's you know that's like the hype. The that's the thing right now. Oh yeah, um, it's if you don't know what Fall Guys is, it's basically uh mario party online without being pissed off at three people now you're pissed off at you know uh 50 59 other people uh so (laughs) it's like digital uh mxc or like wipeout yeah yeah that's what people usually i i attribute it i i'm you know i'm a nintendo guy so mario party is the closest thing you know mario party you you spin there's a spinner and you jump over the little arm and then you know fall guys has the same thing I'm very good at it, but the game's physics are really awful. And there's a, reason, there's a reason why platforming uh, with 59 other people usually hadn't been done up to now. Latency <laughs> issues and just uh, people are assholes. <laughs> wow. uh, Go figure. Yeah. And, but they did make it easy for anyone to jump in because there's literally jump, uh, grab, and is that it? Am I missing something? <laughs> I think that's it. I don't know. Jump and you, grab. I think you can dive, right? Oh, dive. That's right. I was like, there's three. There's got to be three. Jump, dive, and grab. That's literally it. So anybody Sounds can like jump Mario. in. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, easy, casual game, but I've been having a lot of fun with it. And it's you jump right in, and you know you have friends on. They jump right in. 
you have a good old time. That's what I've been doing the last probably two weeks or so. And if you have PS Plus, the game's free right now, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And people have Steam, and I'm like, why would you pay twenty dollars when you can pay free? Yeah, assuming so, you, I mean, have you have you won? Have you won rounds? Yeah, I've um, I think I've won seven because the trophy told me that if I win seven, I get that trophy. So I've won seven. <laughs> nice. Huh. Well, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Uh, what's your uh, What's your currently preferred uh, costume for your for your little dude? <laughs> Costumes. Uh, I'm preface i generally don't give a crap about dlc and costumes and crap but oh my god i love being a hot dog (laughs) (laughs) it's uh actually uh, the way they do it you know usually free to play games have like a season pass that you have to or you don't have to but that you can buy to get extra crap well Mm. in this well i guess the game is supposed to cost money but you know since it's ps plus it feels free so i'm in the season pass and i'm just getting free stuff as I level up. So a uh, hot dog is one of them. And I love being a hot dog. I've seen the little dinosaur costume too. I, I, I like that one. Yeah. 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 You start off as a wolf costume. Uh, there's a lot of other costumes. You can buy hamburgers and fries and squishies. And I'll just wait until that turns free to play on steam and then I'll get on it or switch. Why isn't it on switch? Yeah. I figured that it'll probably be on switch one day, but for now it's only PS4 and steam. So very upset uh, by that. Yeah, yeah, but like not even Game know. Pass people get a get a good deal. I mean, for Xbox? Yeah, yeah, it's not even on Xbox, so I don't know what happened. Well, with nope. That. To be fair, no one is on Xbox. <laughs> oh, also oh, true. hot take right there. I have a Game Pass membership and I haven't touched it. Yeah, <laughs> you got true. like 120 months for like 120 dollars. Yeah, too, right? yeah, yeah. I did. I have a lot of months, but you know. No reason to play it, but it is the main console that I use when I want to watch Disney Plus. Ah, uh, yes. Well, so I mean, me wasn't there. that their original intention anyway? Like, remember yes. when they revealed Xbox it and they one. were all just like, yeah, look, one place look, to play. Look. You can pass through all of your cable to this. People oh, yeah, still do that, still right? Do that. Yeah, Holy it has shit. Xbox, uh, Xbox. It has an HDMI in and out. Yeah. So I can you play can, my Switch you can play, on uh, my Xbox. Yes, you can. <laughs> We're truly living in the future. <laughs> That's terrible. All right, Shane, how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, so I have decided that uh, much to the the complete opposite of my usual tact with things, I, I've come to the conclusion that I am done with Final Fantasy XIII. Uh, I feel like I have done what I needed to do in it. I finished the story. Uh, and I feel like that's good because I was going to go and finish all like the Seath stone, like side missions and like the post game content and try to get like all the ultimate weapons. And then I just had this moment where I was like, but why? And then I didn't go back and play it. So I'm done with that. I felt like I got what I needed out of it. I'll probably do a rapid fire review on it and perhaps someday we'll do a full episode on it. Um, but, uh, so that's done. And so in my quest to finish the rest of my Xbox 360 games that I own and have not played so that I can actually package that console up for, for good, <laughs> um, I realized that I really only have two left. I have Resident Evil 5, which I actually may or may not play. I've not heard fantastic things about it. But, but I did start playing Sacred 2, which... For those of you unfamiliar, it's it's basically uh, kind of like a Diablo clone, 
uh, in a lot of ways. It's it's really similar to like Titan Quest. Actually, it gives me that kind of same sort of feel as far as the aesthetic goes. But um, so I, I started playing that. I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. Uh, I will say that the voice acting is hilariously bad. Um, and and I play. I'm playing always the best the voice acting. By the way. Oh yeah, no, definitely. I, I decided to play. I think it's called a sh- not a Shadow Warrior because I'm that's. <laughs> what we're talking about today but it's a shadow something yeah it's a shadow something and like i swear to god they must have just told the voice actor just be like okay imagine yourself in hot topic circa 1998 you're this kind of edgelord okay go i don't have to imagine that and i know i know you don't (laughs) (laughs) but uh that's that's basically how this guy delivers all of his lines like one of the random quips that he has when you're just kind of like running around like town or whatever is he says something like oh the sight of all of these townspeople suffering just brings me such joy and i'm like cool story bro like it's it's just it's so bad (laughs) Um, but the gameplay is actually pretty fun and the, the quests and stuff are pretty cool. So I'm, I'm actually enjoying my time with it and, and y'all know I'm a pretty big Diablo guy. So, so it's kind of scratching that itch for me right now, but that's, that's pretty much the main thing, um, that I'm kind of diving into. I'm still in the process of trying a second playthrough of Etrian Odyssey for my 3DS because I had gotten really far into that like years ago and then never mm. finished it. And so, of course, I got to the point where I came back to it, where I'm sure we've all been there. And you open up a game and you're you pull a Gandalf and you're just like, I have no memory of this place, which is <laughs> exactly what I did. So I just started over. Um, so so that's kind of where I'm at with that. But uh, that's pretty much me right now, man. I don't know. What about you, Chris? What, what are you up to? Uh. I think first and most importantly, I just got to say that I have graduated college officially. It Hooray! Has been so I am getting my bachelor's of science in political science with a minor in criminal justice. And I should be getting cum laude, which is always a plus. So yay for me. Right. I'm going to get drunk, which is something I usually do anyway. So there's <laughs> there's always that. But now it's special. Now it's special. Now I can be happy while I'm drunk. I mean, <laughs> that didn't sound right. Uh, in terms of video games, moving on. Uh, finished Romancing Saga. I'm going to get I'll try to get a rapid fire review out for that because I just wrapped up the, the rapid fire for Mario, the Thousand Year Door, Paper Mario, which I think is yes. fitting with Origami King. I, I need to check that out. It strikes me as a game that Tiger might play. I don't know if you've played it or not. Have you played Origami Man, King, Tiger? I'm I'm way off with the Paper Mario series as a whole. So. Yeah. Uh, it's it's on a radar, although I don't know how far that radar is. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame you. Mar- Paper Mario series has kind of taken a... It's popular to not like it right now, and yeah. apparently for good reason. So yeah. I, I, I can't really talk to that. Because I haven't played... I, like I said, I played The Thousand Year Door. I haven't played one uh, in the series since. But I did finish Romancing Saga. I will say that the ending kind of brought everything together uh, in terms of the obtuseness to it. Because, you know, of course, you're, you're going through and you just randomly pick up quests much in the same vein that you would in the Elder Scroll games. And it doesn't it just seems like you're doing these quests because that's the thing to do, because the game gives you a basic plot line 
of what you're supposed to do and gives your character motivations. And then once you finish the initial arc of getting from point A to point B, it just says, go. And I know I've said this in a previous episode, so I know this is like the third episode where I've talked about it. But it's a it's still a good game. And if you do like Square RPGs, you like something a little bit different, there's a lot to like there. And I'll, I'll embellish on that in, in the review for, for our patrons. So if you want to hear that, check it out there. In terms of what, I, what I'm playing after that, I have no fucking idea. I don't know what I'm going to play right now. I want to play I want to play near, but I got to sneak into the living room because that's my my children's dominion now. I know it can just be like, get the fuck out. But then they fight in their bedroom and that's not fun. And then I try to have them go outside and it feels like 108 degrees. And I know that's not fun. So it, it's this balancing act of, you know, trying to be an adult and enjoy myself with the, with the hobby I love. Or I can just Immersion sit and play retro games. Difficult. So it's it's everything. I have all these new games and I got to play them at some point because a lot of them are still in the wrapper and I feel terrible about it. But now I understand how people still get all these new games that are still sealed. I've been wondering for a long time, how the fuck do people get sealed games? And now that I'm in my 30s, I'm like, oh, I get it now. And <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's all intentions. <laughs> So that's True. me. And I know I wouldn't be on what I'm playing. And I sound like a a a very depressed single 45-year-old that just got denied on Twitter for the 25th time. But I want everyone to know that I'm okay. I'm just trying to figure out what game I need to play next. Okay? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be all right. like weirdly specific, but go on. <laughs> well, I'm not in my 40, 40s, Shane. I'm not on Tinder. Okay? Man, so it's going to be like, all right. <laughs> I, I swear I knew your age. <laughs> <laughs> tricked me well shit uh, you know I was I was looking at our our like tentative recording schedule to answer your question of like what should I play next and then I realized that everything that we've got coming up I, I think you've already played so so I don't know it's a good question I guess you're gonna have to branch out and open up one of those sealed copies that you've that you've purchased or buy or, or play one of those not buy i don't need to buy anything i probably will anyway but I play one of those games i got like six years ago that i still haven't plopped into one of the systems and sat down and genuinely gave a chance because i have plenty of those hooray for collecting say, depend, <laughs> depending as a reseller uh <laughs> when i find that i've sealed games and i was like i want to play this wait how much is this used <laughs> dude I, okay i did that exact thing actually chris stopped over the house like was a week or two ago now and um yeah i uh i had some things that were kicking around that i actually sort of uh pseudo inherited from my future brother-in-law because he yeah. lives in australia now and um i had a complete inbox copy of pokemon gale of darkness for that's and uh went and looked and chris was like yeah i'm pretty sure that's selling for a lot and he went and looked and um yeah i may have just uh sold that thing like last <laughs> week for about 110 dollars <laughs> so thank you quarantine for like doubling the price of that game yes absolutely he, he could have done me a solid and been like i know you're a collector i know you'd appreciate this chris be like yeah i would i would definitely appreciate this hey man times is hard i need that cash money <laughs> Mm. you know patron lyle did me a solid i'm just gonna i'm just putting that out there <laughs> oh you know what i i will won't argue against that patron lyle might just be a, a better person than me and that's okay 
I mean, he's gonna he's he's finished fucking the four job fiesta legitimately, and I'm probably not. <laughs> you you got to get on that. You didn't even talk about it. You just said Final Fantasy 13. I thought you're gonna talk about five. I mean, like I quit. I quit. Fuck it. No, I'm done. No, because. <laughs> Okay, well, you know what? Technically, I have not given up on it, although I have – this will be the first time I'm, I'm making this official and public that I have officially just broken the the four-job fiesta rules because I have just started making all four people in my party a samurai and just money-chucking the shit out of everything. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't care. I don't care at this point. Like, I, I'll, I'll finish the game, but man, it – it's just too much of a pain in the ass with the the selection of jobs that I ended up getting. So, so because if uh, there's any, if there's ever one benefit of Final Fantasy V that everyone says is the best part of the game, it's the plot. Yeah, and it's not definitely it's not. It's mm-hmm. not for sure. It's not. Yep. No. Yeah. So it's almost like there aren't too many redeeming reasons for me to finish that fucking game, but I'm gonna do it anyway. You know what's almost as good as the samurai? Uh, ninjas. Segway. Ninjas. Segway! <laughs> I gotta put in those. What the fuck are those? Like a Vuvuzela horns or whatever? Wow. Put that's those the word post. I haven't heard in like 10 years. I know, right? <laughs> Bringing it back. In any case, this week's game is Ninja Gaiden. It's a game for the NES that you probably know about. And that's why you're here, is to listen to us talk about games you love. Or yeah, and you maybe, probably got it as a kid and then was like, man, I yeah. sure wish I could actually play this game. And you may have called it Ninja Gaiden. You probably <laughs> called it Ninja Gaiden because I, why did I definitely you? did. Yeah, we all did. But yeah. we're going to get Not in this game. Purpose. Yes, you did. We're going to do this <laughs> and we're, we're going to get into the brief history, which will be presented to you by the most eloquent Nintendo's LP Tiger. Anyone who was around in the late 80s or early 90s remembers just how big ninjas were at the time. Whether they were turtles or surfers, the kung fu craze was hard to ignore. Everyone, particularly children, wanted nothing more than to throw shurikens at the cat or whip nunchakus around grandma's favorite face. This inevitably meant there would be ninja-themed video games. A lot of them. One that would kickflip its way above the crowd was Tecmo's Ninja Gaiden, a game whose popularity would stem from more than just simply cashing in on a trend. Sometime in 1987, Tecmo would begin development on the game with an official public announcement on January 15, 1988. Tecmo was largely focused on the North American release, largely due to the aforementioned ninja fad sweeping the country. Because of this, they did something completely outside of the norm and announced the title in Japan with its North American name. Tecmo would go on to assign two very different teams to the project, one for the arcade release and one for the Nintendo Entertainment System title. The arcade version would end up being a side-scrolling beat-em-up reminiscent of the Double Dragon franchise, though it failed to gain that series-level popularity or quality. It would eventually get home releases on the Commodore 64, the ZX Spectrum, the Amiga, and the Atari Lynx. 
But wait, you say, that's not the Ninja Gaiden I remember. And you'd be right. The one just about everyone recalls was the NES version, which was a vast departure from the arcade experience. Development was led by Hideo Yoshizawa, director of Mighty Bomb Jack, and a team that included Masato Kato, who would later pen the script for Chrono Trigger, Xenogears, and Final Fantasy VII, among others. The team started using Super Mario Bros. as its initial inspiration, while taking gameplay elements from Castlevania, namely the manner in which their protagonist would attack enemies. Instead of a whip, the main character, Ryu Hayabusa, would wield a deadly katana. Additionally, Ryu would have sub-weapons at his disposal that would function much like the sub-weapons found in Castlevania, right down to having limited usage and varying strengths and weaknesses. With these elements in place, the resulting game would turn out to be a fast-paced, tightly controlled platformer with precise, unforgiving combat. But what truly made Ninja Gaiden stand out in a sea of shadowy masked faces was its approach to storytelling. Instead of simply moving from one level to the next, cinematic cutscenes would be placed in between each stage, further developing the plot bit by bit as the player progressed forward. The artwork presented during these scenes was heavily inspired by manga of the time, particularly Lupin III and Golgo 13, fitting for a game with a more gritty and mature story. In total, Yoshizawa and his team would pack over 20 minutes of cinematic cutscenes into the game, a stunning achievement and something completely unheard of in the 8-bit era. On December 9, 1988, Ninja Gaiden would be released in Japan as Ninja Ryu Kenden, or Legend of the Ninja Dragon Sword, and was received fairly well with Famitsu giving it a 28 out of 40. Tecmo would put a heavy emphasis on localization, including putting a high priority on giving the plot a solid translation and changing the game's name. Initially, considerations were to call it simply Ninja Dragon, but Tecmo would ultimately go back to its working title of Ninja Gaiden. When asked why a game would get the title Gaiden, which means side story in Japanese, despite not being a spin-off of another title, Masato Kato responded that they came to the name because it just sounded cool. Sometime in March of 1989, Ninja Gaiden would debut in North America to much gamer enthusiasm and positive critical reception. EGM would award it Game of the Year status for 1989 with similar accolades from Nintendo Power. When the game made it to the PAL territories in August of 1991 as Shadow Warriors, a name change due to an anti-ninja sentiment in the regions at the time, it was a hit once again, with most publications pointing to the inspirational and highly detailed cinematics. With North American Ninja Fever in full effect, Tecmo soon discovered that demand exceeded supply, leading to Ninja Gaiden being one of the most successful NES games of all time. While nowhere near as popular, the PC Engine, Game Boy, Game Gear, and Master System would receive ports of their own, most with slightly altered gameplay and completely different plots. Later on, the game would be remade as part of a compilation with its two sequels on the Super Nintendo. The series continued into the modern era with the notable 2004 reboot for the original Xbox, infamous for capitalizing on the series' notorious difficulty, now presented in three dimensions. The most recent entry into the franchise was released in 2014 as Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z, though reception was notably less than favorable. And that is your brief history of Ninja Gaiden.
I just got to say, you offended all of our, our UK listeners because you called it the ZX Spectrum. <laughs> I wasn't going to point that out, but... <laughs> it's the ZX Spectrum. Uh, oh, oops. Well, I will tell you, when I read that, that was the first time I even heard of it. So take Really? That. Well, well, see, there you go, England or UK, or whatever the hell you want to call yourself this week. If you want people to say Z. You have to put it out there. You, people don't know what the ZX Spectrum is. They just I mean, don't. Okay. I, I think we even offended Canadians. I don't think Paul's going to come back on the show anymore. Oh, y'all have. Oh, ooh. wait. Nah, that that's, it's, it's okay. Canadians. It's fine. No, no he's North Canadian. America is just the U.S. That's, that's all that matters, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. In any case, that, that, thank you for the brief history. And um, you're welcome. That was that was that was really good. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, this this definitely was a big deal when it came out in 1989. If you didn't play it, if you didn't, I mean, if you didn't play it, you know someone who did. And if you didn't own it, you know someone you did and you played it there. And with us talking about that, I think it's time to get into our own personal experiences. I think we'll go with Tiger last because I have a feeling that he has the most fond memories or <laughs> most experienced memories of Maybe. the game. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so um, let's start off with Shane. Shane, tell tell us what how you experienced Ninja Gaiden in 2015. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> listen, I will have you know that uh, that I owned this game like legitimately back in the day for my my Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, it was one of the few that I that I did play back when it was actually relevant, and. Uh, Hey, um, I don't know if you all are aware of this or not, but uh, this game is hard as fucking balls. And uh, I don't think I ever got past like the second level, like ever, ever, ever. So that's cool. Um, but I do remember enjoying it. I mean, for what it was worth, like I, I OK, I enjoyed the idea of this game, right? Like I, I, I always would load it up with some sort of like. I guess idealistic notion that I was actually going to get past, you know, level two at some point, which clearly never happened. But, um, I always really appreciated it for what we, you know, what tiger mentioned in the brief history, which was like the, the, the cut scenes and everything. Cause that was something that pretty much none of the other games that I was playing at the time did at all. So it was like this crazy thing of like, Oh, this is, this is almost like a movie. That's crazy. Um, course i never figured out what the rest of that movie was um because you'd actually have to be good at the game but uh but i sure do remember like those first two cutscenes real well (laughs) so uh so so yeah that's that's kind of how i how i experienced it um you know growing up it was was yet another nintendo hard game that i owned and and could never like make actual progress in so so for me I, I can't I don't know when exactly I did. I never I don't think I ever owned this game, to be honest with you. I still don't own the game for for what it's worth. I mean, I have it on my Nintendo Classic, and that's what I've been playing it on in preparation for this episode. But mm. it was one of those games, like I said earlier, if if you didn't own it, you probably knew a friend that owned it and you probably played it there. So at, at this point, I don't know if I played Ninja Gaiden or Ninja Gaiden 2. I have no idea. I don't. Because I, I, I listen to a lot of the remix music, and this is kind of how I kind of got reacquainted with like Ninja Gaiden, is you go on YouTube and you find people who replay music. And uh, one of the channels I watch, they they replay a lot of Ninja Gaiden, or they did earlier. 
uh, uh, like the uh, on Unbreakable Determination, which was also called the Basic Minds, which is a really good song. And we'll get into the soundtrack about this later. But it's like, yeah, I remember that song. And yeah, I remember that intro. And yeah, I remember those cutscenes, but I don't remember any of the levels. So uh, there's going to be another game that we're going to be covering later on. That's 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 similar to what I'm about to say is this is a game that has almost become like ubiquitous with the Nintendo experience where if you grew up in the late 80s, early 90s and you were playing Nintendo back then or you had a Nintendo entertainment system or you had friends that did and you were playing Nintendo games, this was a game that you probably came across for certain and you played it. And that that's my experience. I don't know where I don't know when I just know I played it. And I played quite a bit of it because that intro sequence that you get that intro cin- uh, cinematic where uh, Ryu's father and and uh, on unidentified ninja are fighting against each other. Uh, that that's so emblematic of that game. And that's 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 something that's stuck in my mind and I can see it. I can remember it and I can I can say I've, I've played it, but I don't know where or when. And I'm not sure if that's something that a lot of gamers can say um maybe they can but that's just what stuck with me despite never owning the game and i will say like actually playing through sit down and playing through it it was this week that i that's the first time i can really say yeah i I, this is the first time i remember actually sitting down and playing the game ah well how the (laughs) turntables now now you're the one that (laughs) is playing the game now this is this is unprecedented territory I, I I I did say I have played it before though. No, nope. I'm just, I'm taking this as a personal win. I'll let you take it, Shane. I'll let you. I'll let Thank you. you. Do it. Yes, I like the fact right. that you that. said how the turntables. How the turntables. Yes. That was a <laughs> that was an office reference for the record. But ah, okay. Well, on to you, Tiger. Ah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yo, I I totally was that guy when I said uh, ninjas. Or, you know, the craze in North America. I was totally in. I was into Ninja Turtles. Uh, Michelangelo is my favorite. And Hell anything yeah. that had to do with ninjas, uh, I was there. You know, I wanted to watch Surf Ninjas. Yeah, that was me. I, uh, I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to take Unironically. karate class. Uh, <laughs> Wait, there was, there was something called Surf Ninjas? Oh, yeah, that's a movie. Yeah, dude. And uh, I assumed oh, that's oh. what was being uh, mentioned when it said surfers. <laughs> It was, so, but I, yeah. I made that edit to the to the yeah. history. That, that yeah, wasn't yeah. Uh, yeah, I said kicking Rob back. Schneider, so ah, oh, gosh, there you go, up. three ninjas. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, all that. Yeah. I was into all that stuff. So like Ninja Gaiden, I never actually owned the game. Um, I probably did later on in life, but when I was a child, I never owned it. But it was you know a discovered game when I went to my friend's house, as you have said, and absolutely immediately fell in love with the music of the game and Mm -hmm. just when when i saw that you could cling to the wall like i was like oh my god you know like mario you jump (laughs) you know (laughs) and zelda you move around and you jump but ninja guy you cling to the wall and you can not only cling once but you can cling multiple times and go up the walls and that was that was great it's like if I could compare it to anything, it's like climbing with Zelda on Breath of the Wild. You're like, oh my god, it's a new thing you can do. <laughs> that was a new thing you could do in Ninja Gaiden. You can climb the walls. Uh, you can't go up them. Well, I guess you can go up ladders, but like clinging to the walls was like my favorite thing about Ninja Gaiden. 
I disagree. Yeah, well, the, we can we can get to the we can get to the debate of how bad <laughs> the mechanic was, but uh, mm-hmm. just in in stage one one when you realize that you can bounce back and forth on the walls to climb up, that was like my favorite thing to do. Um, also, uh, just running with the the protagonist, it just felt good. And not to mention it flowed well with the music, which it, all of it just blended so well for me. Like I was totally into this game. Um, okay. So, okay. L- l- let's talk. This is where we're going to get into the gameplay. Yeah. And you're, you're, pr- you're talking probably about stage one. Yeah. And this is okay. all like, I'm still at the, like discovering the game. <laughs> like when I played at my friend's house, I'm still there. I'm on stage one, one. And like, this is my favorite game. <laughs> like <laughs> the, the like, one stage that everybody's familiar with yeah yeah like uh just the and i'm going a little too deep but like i no let's I go deep this, let's do it yeah i played this game as as a child with my friend and we would just like sit there all day and try to get through the game and yet we're gonna talk about how difficult this game was and how bullshit like the respawns is because you go forward, you get hit, and then you go backward, and oh, there's that enemy that came by, and you know there's just <laughs> birds and tigers and bullshit everywhere. Like that, well, I can't remember what stage it is, but like it's five three, I think, where it's just the game gets to a point where it's like, okay, this is too easy. We need to make sure that when you jump over this pit, there's a bat that flies out. <laughs> so you hit the bat and you die. <laughs> And okay, okay. Now let's make it so that a tiger jumps out when he jumps over the cliff. Let's make it so that a machine gun army dude shoots bullets at you as you jump over. It's like it gets to be bullshit. But like you know, that was memories from my childhood <laughs> when like I was just spending probably hours trying to get past you know a portion of a level. So yeah, going to the the mechanics of this game. Yeah, enemy placement, level design. It, it's you could call it ingenious if you're a masochist. <laughs> would I think that's would the, you, though? Would you really like if you really want to make a game hard and make it inappropriately hard? This game is <laughs> this game is a masterclass in how to do that. I, I think like let's let's if be that's fair. your intention. That to be fair, that was an art in a sense, like. There are yes. games on the NES. Asshole game design. <laughs> yeah. There are games on the NES were just like difficult because they just threw a lot of shit at you. Like the Karate Kid or like, mm-hmm. I can't think of games off the top of my head, but like they'll just throw shit at you just because they can't. But mm-hmm. this game placed them in specific parts uh, so that, and, and not to mention like, it's totally possible to go through the game with just a sword. <laughs> As uh, if you can, you can go on YouTube and look that up. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. But, you know, to find that out as a kid, that probably wouldn't, you know, wouldn't happen. It didn't happen. Well, so. well, it's 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 the two elements about it that I found that that conflict. And I think they intentionally conflict to to make you angry is that you go into the brief history <laughs> where you're talking about it's a combination of Super Mario Brothers and Castlevania. So from Castlevania you get the very kind of 
terrible controls or stiff controls. It's it's worse in Ninja Gaiden. The controls I think are terrible in Ninja Gaiden. But you get Wait, very very whoa 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 no 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 no. We're gonna stop right there for a second. Yeah, I, I, listen, I am not I am not one to defend this game on a lot of points because I think that it is bullshit hard. But like yes, I I will absolutely say that the controls in Castlevania are hot flaming garbage and no. this this game at least controls a little bit smoother than that belmont okay. moves like a fucking stiff through that entire game you can't change direction when you jump and you also get the yes. knockback when you get hit which you also have in this which we'll talk about in a second but at least yes. listen at least you get your 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 naruto run in this game right you you can sort of. can do the ninja go fast to to your detriment maybe and uh, this is this is what I'm going to go into. See, Castlevania was deliberate. It was deliberate in its stiffness. It was deliberate in its control and how slow it was in its jump. It was deliberate. That was a gameplay design. In this game, sometimes it gets to the point where you want to jump and do a jump across something, but because you didn't hit the direction you wanted to face fast enough, you're just going to jump straight up in the air. And, and come down barely to the left of where you jump from or to the yeah. right of where you jump from. Yeah. And, I feel and it's that. not, it's, it's it, because there is a, there is a slight delay in every single button press about what your character does in this game from the katana to the jump to the direction change. There is an ever slight delay that if you're not used to it, you're going to get fucked up and you're going to do the thing you don't want to do or not hit the enemy. That's going to cause that knockback. And so I mean, like, I will say that there were a number of times where I tried to jump over a chasm and apparently hit the button like a fraction of a second too late and just ran directly off a cliff. So, yes, so yeah, yes. But that's that I goes back that to the Mario the Castlevania thing, thing. Go ahead. That's probably my only it's the only thing I don't like. Everything else is perfect. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? As far as, really? As far as that's controlling the, only the character, as far as controlling the character, you know, I'm I'm. I'm a fan of snappy controls. You know, you move right, you move right, you go right, you go left. You know, you push left, you go left. You jump, you jump. Like everything's there. It, it, it and it, it. There's nothing that's sluggish about it. It, it, it's snappy. Like every, and it, it doesn't like you don't jump too high, you don't jump too low. You're, the jump height seems fine. Like the only thing that I could probably say that sucks is, like you said, the uh, what do you call it when you get hit, the knockback, knockback. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's like that was a given thing. So it's like part of the mechanic of the game, which I w- <laughs> it is bullshit. Uh, but uh, <laughs> dude, that like that sound effect suck. every time you get hit like haunts my <clears throat> nightmares. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, uh, when you time. so when it happens numerous amounts of times in a row, that can be ultimately frustrating. It's like playing ping pong with birds <clears throat> on the screen. <laughs> especially when you're jumping when you're trying to make a jump and all of a sudden here's a bat right in your arc and they know it's in your arc of course but that and yeah that's what i'm saying yeah so like that's friendly with like your invincibility time like what invincibility there is no invincibility time no what invincibility time (laughs) you're like okay well i'm just gonna hit this bird nope it doesn't let you hit the bird you just keep getting pushed it's not invincibility time it's get fuck time (laughs) Well, but this also, you know, this also kind of goes into more of a discussion about the the design, like the level design and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. 
there are several levels. I won't say all of them necessarily, but there are several levels in this game where it is infinitely easier to complete the level if you have acquired the correct sub weapon and you don't know that unless you have a whole bunch of trial and error like actually i think it's uh what is it two two something two three two two or two three where you grab the uh the spin attack mm. sub weapon, or you can grab it. It's called the jump and slash technique, I think. But the screw attack, um, yeah, basically. Oh, yeah. But you you yeah. you are able to grab that like early on in the level, and if you get that, then the rest of the level is like cake because you just automatically do this like sword whirlwind every time you jump, and it makes it so much easier. If you didn't grab that, or you accidentally replace it with another sub weapon, which is very possible suddenly that level becomes not impossible but vastly more difficult because from what i can tell the enemy placement was done in such a way that they're expecting you to have that exact sub weapon to get through it i i would disagree with that that the game expects you to have that sub weapon because i I don't know it fucked it away the thing i I liked i'd like this the spin attack the spin and slash whatever the fuck you want to call it uh, it is the jump and slash technique, Chris. What, I, I, okay, cr- great. I liked uh, the the <laughs> Samus ripoff attack, and, oh. and and I liked it. But the the problem with it is that every single time you want to do a jump attack, you lose your sub weapon points. That's true. That's true. I, I, listen, so it can I, go I away really fast. Well, it can. It can. But see, but that's also part. Okay, that's also part of the argument that I'm actually kind of making, though, right? Is like for that Mm -hmm. one specific level I'm talking about, it's very clear based on the level design that they want you to use that sub weapon to get through that particular piece of the level. And you can continue using that that technique by hitting the correct uh, breakables to regain your sub weapon points. But unless you've played through that level a number of times and know exactly what the placement of all of those are, if you just hit every breakable, you will eventually accidentally replace that sub weapon with like a throwing star or something. And then the rest of the level is like that much more difficult because there are some jumps in that level that there is an enemy that is on a platform that is only wide enough for one of you to stand on. And if you don't have that jump and slash technique, where you'll just kill him as soon as you land on him, then you're a little bit fucked. Like it's still uh, doable, but it's no, hard. It's, it's definitely no. placed. And in, in my opinion, I would, I agree with Shane. It's definitely placed with intention, um, right? Because you do get that jump and slash right before you get on that one column with that one enemy. You know, walking yeah, see, back. You and know forth what I'm it. talking about. Um, mm-hmm. You do get the the little flame thrower that goes up at a diagonal. As you're mm-hmm. about to go, and that's my least favorite one, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, you get the uh, the large shuriken when you're about to make a large jump, and this like this sword guy is gonna walk toward the ledge as you start to get the jump. So like, mm-hmm. uh, you can just you know throw the shuriken at him instead of trying to jump on the little piece of ledge before <laughs> uh, he mm-hmm. kills you and knocks you off. So I th- yeah, I do think it's a uh, put there with uh, some strategy on the developer's end. But but one of the All things I'm I've, saying I've is discovered, that I just don't know if I, I I don't know if I would argue that that's good design. That's that's what I'm getting at. No, it's uh, it's not good. To, it's questionable. And this is like again, I'm going to go back. I'm trying to make this point about how it's, how it got design and in, uh, inspiration from Mario. Is yeah. that 
when you're going through the levels, sometimes it's more beneficial to just run, to just yeah. run, land, attack, and keep moving and don't oh, stop yeah. and be deliberate. But there's also sections like when you jump, if you just keep running and you it's because there's a lot of memorization. This game relies heavily heavily on memorization. So you it switches over to Castlevania. So this is like very apparent in stage five where you're going and there's there's a ledge and then you have a bat that comes in. And then if you move to the right, you have a charge and Chuck who jumps on you while you have a machine gunner on a platform you have to jump to. I, I guess that's the best way I can explain that. So the best way to do it is to sit there and be deliberate. And then once you're done with all that, you get to a ledge and everything seems fine. And then you jump. And as soon as you jump, there's a bat in your way to land on another ledge. So you have to wait for the bat to to attack it. So there's the element of you have to be deliberate with the way you do things. If you memorize the level, like I got to wait here, I got to attack this there. It's going to make it easier for me. But like when the charge and Chuck I don't know what he it's a football player that jumps on you. I don't know what the fuck you want to call him. I'm going to just again, charge and chuck. He comes in. Yeah, you you run and you have to jump and attack the guy with the machine gun or, or bazooka and hit him. And then there's another you have to keep moving and do the same thing to the next next platform. And, and the other reason you have to keep moving is that the timer is not generous. It does not give a fuck about you. It does not want you to take your time. <laughs> so you have to keep moving. Yeah, it's awful. Well, yeah, if you keep dying every single time you die, the timer resets. So that's probably why you forgot about the timer. Ah, that's it. I kept dying. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> like, was, if you take your time. Bring that up. Yeah, I was going to say you bring that up and it made me think about like enemy respawn. But like there are certain parts of the game where I actually feel like it's not a respawn anymore. It's just like, no, that enemy wasn't there when I went by first. But then when I go backward, now that enemy appears in that spot. I I, I kind of wonder if they did that on purpose or maybe they have some sort of programming which had some unintended effects. Dude, I don't know. I, I, All I, I know is that the respawning is so infuriating in this game. <laughs> like there's there's like one spot early on in like the second uh, like area that I I remember distinctly. It's actually right at the beginning of the level where I think it's the first time you see those like weird priest looking guys chucking crosses or whatever. Yeah. Why do you and, think like, they look like priests? Right I think they look like zombies. Uh, sure, man. I whatever. feel like they're old know. ladies with crosses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, you, you know, know what? Nice. It's up for interpretation. Who knows? <laughs> Point Maga women. Is it the first time you come across Maga those? Karens? <laughs> <laughs> it's like walking back and forth on a ledge that you have to get to, and you have to time your jump based on their random cross chucking. And then if you get hit, you get knocked back far enough that they despawn. Which means even if you yeah. manage to hit it and kill it, if you still got knocked back, it shows right the fuck back up again. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So frustrating. I think they, that, that happens again in stage five or six. And the good thing about that is that they, they go off the screen and they don't respawn, which is one of the only times. But the worst offender of respawning are the fucking birds. Dude, fuck yeah. birds. Just all of them. Yeah, birds suck. What the fuck? Is with these birds. They, they. I mean, once you get their pattern, it's not that bad. The yeah. problem is, is that their pattern isn't universal throughout the game. Sometimes they come from above. Sometimes they come from below. Sometimes they come from the side of the screen. All you have, to, I mean, all you really have to do is avoid them once and then do a, 
do a down slash when they come towards you and you, you kind of you, they're dealt with. But it's figuring out a way to avoid them in the first place. And then sometimes you kill them and they just respawn. Like they can show up on the same screen. You kill them and the, that, fuck that. And that's why the respawning is bullshit, because you can kill something on the screen and they'll still show up and you haven't moved. And they show right the fuck back up in yeah. the same fucking place. Yeah. What? Well, I don't think what, we don't think we forgot about you, bats. You're 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 them too. too. The birds are worse because the bird the bats kind of move straight. I can deal with the bats. They're fine, especially if I got the the, the shuriken or the boomerang shuriken. That they're okay. The birds? No. <laughs> No, <laughs> fuck the birds. We're taking a very strong anti-avian stance on this episode is what we're saying. <laughs> I think this I, is I, ultimately not... a venting session. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> yes. This is just decades of like, pent up frustration from Ninja Gaiden. That's what that's what that is. This is this is like everything bad about Nintendo hard. It, even like <laughs> Castlevania, Castlevania three is how you do Nintendo hard right. It's hard. It might not be fair. But the enemies just don't respawn right after you kill them and say, ha, 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 here's five enemies jumping on you at one steal with it. Oh, if you kill one, one's just going to show right back up anyway because you're in the wrong spot on the screen. Not only that, okay, let's talk Let's talk about this final boss, right? There's three of them. There's I don't know three what the final boss is, Chris. I've never been there. I don't even know what it looks like. I mean, that's not true. I've watched YouTube videos, but yeah. like, I, I didn't know what it looked like. For a very long time. These assholes. Okay. But these assholes at Tecmo knew. <laughs> these knew, fuckers. <laughs> knew that there was a glitch. Yeah. So the sixth stage, by the way, you can die at any place in the sixth stage. And there's like, I don't know, three or four parts to the sixth stage. And you'll get sent back to that part. So there's like six one, six two, six three. If you die in six two, you get sent back to the beginning six two, six three, same thing. Guess what? If you die at the final boss, which there are three of them. You'll get sent back to 6-1, and it was a glitch. And Tecmo knew about the glitch, and they could have fixed it. You know what they said? No. Fuck you. <laughs> they knew. They knew their game was hard. They knew their game was bullshit, and they're like, your game is hard and bullshit. What are you going to do about it? They're like, deal with it. And they're just like, <laughs> that was Nintendo hard. That's what they thought was okay. I want to know. Oh, did they actually say that it was a glitch? Yes, it's a glitch. Okay. I, I never knew. I thought it was intentional. I was like, well, if they want people to continue playing their game, you know, we don't have DLC or any of that crap. You just have to figure out how to beat the boss. And if if you get all the way there and you try to beat the boss and you don't, well, if you know, you say, fuck this game, you're going to play the game all over again. If you know I mean, about I'm, I'm the sure glitch. that's probably part of what the thought process was, though, when they realized that yeah. it was <laughs> that that was what was going on. Yeah. They were just like, eh, it adds replayability. Yeah. If you know yeah. about the glitch before you release it and you don't do anything about it, it is intentional. It's an intentional glitch. The game, the game told you, you have to become the dragon ninja. Yeah, man. So yeah. what do you think that you no think matter what? Easy? Yeah, no matter how many birds or <laughs> football players charging you know, shots, last bosses you have to fight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like monster, monster people. With do we, Shane? I mean, do you want to yeah, bring up the enemies? Bouncy things. Let, let's I, talk I was, about the yeah, enemy I, design. I was about to say that. I mean, since we're kind of talking about it anyway, like can can anybody explain to me what the design <laughs> decisions were that went into the enemies in this game? Because like, listen, most games have like a theme, right? Like. 
oh, Ninja? okay, it's Contra. So like they're a bunch of like jungle soldier guys and then eventually aliens because that's the story. But yeah, what is going on? In this game, I've never understood this. Even when I was a kid, I was just like, oh, all right. Well, um, let's see. The first level were apparently on the streets of like New York because I had to come to America because my dad said so. Um, so there's a bunch of, I guess, stray dogs. All right. I guess that tracks. That tracks. All right. Fine. That makes sense. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, that was all right. Yeah. Dudes yeah. in motorcycle helmets and baseball bats. Seems kind of the warriors, but I guess, okay, fine. I That's New that. York. They, they um, do that. Random dudes with boxing gloves just wandering around. All right. Mike Tyson. Hey, Rocky was sure popular back then. One. Rocky was popular. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then the further you go into the game, then they just start mixing and matching. So then you still have those things. But like we said, then you have like, I don't know, random birds or like mountain lions or the... Yeah. maybe vaguely Indian men with swords and then military dudes. <laughs> and then the things that we think might be priests or possibly old ladies just throwing crosses around. Yeah. I, I don't Maga Karens. What Like what even <laughs> is character design really? Like I just, <laughs> I'm so confused by this. It's like you have the, you have the guys who essentially have no neck. They're like super deformed with the, like the monster faces that throw sticks at you. Uh, that's yeah. weird. You have Freddy. Mm-hmm. You, you, no, not Freddy. You have Jason. Jason's throwing axes at you. Jason's yeah. there yeah. to throw axes. You mm-hmm. have the Silver Surfer throwing a giant axe at you. Oh, then you eventually oh, get yeah. ninjas yeah. with jetpacks. Yeah, you get jetpack ninjas. You get the Rocketeer Which at least ninjas. Is like on brand, right? So I guess there's that at least. Yeah. And then you have the Fleeman. Like that's directly ripped from Castlevania. There's like no, there's oh, yeah. no denying yeah, that. Sure. De- oh my god, and they suck. They're awful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're the worst you know the most fitting most fitting one mm, mm. is the the karate dude that does the spin kick yeah well they yeah. also have a ninja yeah. there's a there's a green ninja that shows up and he jumps over you and and yeah. oh yeah the green ninjas yeah, yeah them too they have, so they have a karate dude which is appropriate and they're annoying but that's fine how about the turrets that fire like, missiles like bullets at you why are there turrets well, the, i say those are clearly just the 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 skull towers from castlevania yeah Oh, and by the way, the final, final boss, because again, there's three of them. The final, final boss is final form is from Contra or Alien <laughs> or whoever you want to say it is. Yeah, yeah, it's, I see some similarity. There. It's a fucking xenomorph. Uh, not not. OK, it's not a xenomorph, but it is definitely H.R. Geiger inspired. And anyone who tells me it's not, you're full of shit because well, that dude, is a we've, we've fucking had alien. No, I mean, yeah, you and I have had that discussion before yeah. when we were talking about, uh, you know, design choices for for enemies and stuff, even all the way up through the Super Nintendo era. Like, I don't know why. And I'm OK with it because I thought it was cool as hell. It's but fine. For some reason. And I think it was maybe just the popularity of Alien, I guess. But like there was some serious like Giger inspired alien ass looking stuff in a lot of video games yes. in like those like two decades. So, like, this is, like, the ultimate – I know we said in the brief history it wouldn't be on the, the, the cash grab. This is the cash grab because they had the ninja, and then they're like, yeah, you know what's popular now? Ninjas. You know what's also popular now? Friday the 13th. Let's throw in some monsters and shit. That would be cool. You know what's also popular? Rocky. So we can throw in a boxer. 
and uh the karate guy karate is always cool and you know what marvel comics is kind of cool like the x-men thing is kind of going on right now let's have the silver surfer throw axes at people and that would be fine and you know what else what you can do aliens aliens is popular so the final reveal of what we're going to do is we are going to have an alien be the final boss and we got everything man we have everything and like you die a lot and this is going to be great. And they're going to have to buy it because they rent it. They're not going to be able to beat it. And this is going to be this is going to be fantastic. It's love the, it. It's the real Dark Souls. It has. Yes. I mean, TV and inspiration was limited, bro. Like, <laughs> it's all from the give movies. Them a break, man. <laughs> Ta- what else Ta- are they Tiger's do? just the only voice of reason. They have internet in or anything. Otherwise, complete vent <laughs> session. No, I mean, so speaking of like the enemy design and stuff, the one thing that I will say was definitely I will say is still cool as hell is I I appreciated the bosses, even though like I didn't really see most of them as a child. But um, officially referred to if you own this game and you had the instruction booklet, then you would know that they were officially referred to as the Malice 4, which Uh is appropriately um, threatening. Um, There were some pretty cool ones. And I think you can get away with more of that like maybe this isn't necessarily directly related to our theme thing with bosses. Like you get a little bit more flexibility with that, I guess, but I did appreciate the design of those. And then of course there's the weird thing with the act four boss, uh, Kelberos, which is, I guess the demon incarnation of the final boss's pet dog. So he's got that going for him. One of the easiest bosses, by the way. Well, no, I disagree. I didn't like if you could get to it. I didn't like it. No, he's not the easiest boss. Like you can literally you you sit in the bottom corner and they they never touch you. That's not true. And the smoke never touches me. That that is not true. I've never had them touch me. But that's that's part of it's a low probability. (laughs) Yes, you're right. (laughs) That is the strategy is to stay in the bottom corner, but you got to keep moving. It's not like you can just stay in still. Mm. Like maybe you've been okay. Maybe you're luckier than I am. I wasn't Mm. able to do that because I tried. Um, Mm. Because I noticed that pretty quickly. Uh, The most bullshit boss. on On the flip side of things. Oh, okay. We're still yeah. doing that. All right, go for it. <laughs> well, the most I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say the most bullshit boss is the uh, stage five boss, which pretty yes. much, which which yeah. requires you to just pretty much bum rush him and just keep attacking him because yeah yeah. In order to kill him, what he does is he summons like a lightning bolt, and no matter what you do, you cannot avoid it. Maybe some people can't avoid it, but I can't avoid it. So I will say I had to look at a YouTube video in order to see how to avoid it, and there's one way to avoid it. Which means it's and it's to jump on this platform and then jump over the ball that it shoots at you. I was like, oh, I try. I couldn't okay. do that. I could not even do that. It, like even when I tried yeah. doing that, Maybe I got it's hit. A timed yeah, thing. it's all about timing, yeah. which is really what it comes down. Yeah, to. the whole game is about timing. Definitely. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, so okay. On the flip side of stuff, like I said this earlier when I was talking about my personal experiences, but uh, I listen. I think it's clear I, I have a lot of issues with how, how this game was put together and presented. But for for what it's worth, the reason that I had always, you know, I kept coming back to it despite the fact that I knew I was probably not going to make much real progress, um, frankly, is and Tiger brought this up is the music. I mean, outside of the, so the cinematic presentation, which is also just amazing, but the the music in this game is is really good. And my my favorite is Stage Two Two, which also gets reused later in the game in in like World Four, um, and that happens a lot. Actually, they reuse a number of tracks, but uh, probably because they needed all that extra space on the cart for those bomb ass cinematics. But 
Um, yeah, the stage two, two track for me is definitely my favorite. It's got like a really awesome bass line throughout it that just like kind of gets you pumping. So I don't know. What do you guys think? Is that the snow level or is that the now, nah, man, I never got to the snow the level. What are you talking about? <laughs> is that the one where you come out of the house? I don't remember. <laughs> so no, what? two, two is like right when, um, so obviously you beat the first boss and then stage two, one is like, you're going through that indoor area. Oh. And then as soon as you come outside, old lady. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that <laughs> that that track is, yeah, is awesome. Yeah, I got you. I, I, my favorite track is uh, probably the stage five track, which um, mm. I don't. I I really like it. It's 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 been redone. It's a really fast paced song, but the entire soundtrack as a whole is really really good. And it's weird that the composer for the soundtrack was uh, Keiji Yamagishi, and there there's someone else, but the, the primary person was Keiji Yamagishi. And this is really the only major soundtrack that that they really did. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they did the Tecmo Bowls, all the all the Tecmo Bowl games soundtracks. Oh yeah, but <laughs> definitely closely related. You can yeah, tell. completely. But I mean, it's all Tecmo. <laughs> yeah, uh, same sounds. Uh, I was everything. gonna say football yeah, ninjas Bowl, known for its soundtrack. <laughs> well, that's why he had Charge and Chuck that would jump on you out of nowhere. Ah, just, you know, there's, there's play the Tecmo Bowl. Yeah, you gotta get in. But uh, he, yeah, um, hasn't really done much outside this game, which is shocking because Ninja Gaiden soundtrack is 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 solid, S- very yeah. solid. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, spe- special shout out to I the can, boss uh, team. I can sing way. all of them. <laughs> and while we're at it, the cinematics in this game. Now you you go back and you play this. Now you're going to see the cinematics, and you're probably not going to think much of it because you know it's been thirty thirty one years at the time of this recording, but. What you saw during that time was really revolutionary for a Nintendo cart in 1989. And there's not a game I can really think of that that did that. Now, I think Google 13 did it as well. And mm. but I don't think anyone played Google 13. Now, it's <laughs> I remember that cover. <laughs> it's That's I don't all. I don't know which came out first. This is a 1989 release. I don't know if Google 13 or or Ninja Gaiden did it first. Ninja Gaiden did it very well, and they did it a way to tell a story and become a cinematic experience. And that actually makes sense when you think about uh, Masato Kato being on the team and him really bringing in the the idea with uh, Hironobu Sakaguchi with Final Fantasy VII in the cinematic RPG and using cinematics to tell a story. And that's what you get in the Ninja Gaiden series that you really didn't get from a lot of other games. And and. I don't. I can't really think of another NES game outside of GoGo Thirteen, uh, and again, that doesn't do it nearly as well as Ninja Gaiden, a series that does it that well, and even leading up into probably the 32-bit era. Now, I'm probably missing a lot, of course, and this I'm not. I'm excluding CD games. I'm just talking about cartridge games that really focused on having that cinematic experience and getting the gamer immersed. And Ninja Gaiden was far ahead of its time back in 1989 and how they did it. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And so, um, before before we go and and bring this thing into a close, I think there's a couple other quick items we probably want to touch on, which is, and this is something that honestly I was not really aware of up until we were doing the research for this episode. Anyway, is that there were several different versions of this game that were released for different uh, consoles, home home consoles, and the arcade. Um, I always just assumed that if it had been released in multi-platform, that it was just kind of like a port of the same thing. But they were actually all pretty distinct in their own ways. Yeah, uh, don't play them. 
Okay. So I will say I, I tried out almost all of them just to see what they were like. Um, and the master system one is interesting in that. I think it has a better color palette. I think it looks better. That was one of the things that always kind of bugged me about NES Ninja Gaiden is that the colors always seemed like weirdly washed out. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. But the Master System one looks good, uh, but is still pretty much the same kind of like cheap shot bullshit that you get in the NES one. It just in in different and and fun and and varying ways, like ninjas jumping from off screen and throwing a throwing star directly in your path, uh, or you know stuff like that, or bombs in trees or hiding in grass. I will say that the mechanic is slightly different, where you don't grip onto walls, but you can uh, jump and then grab onto like. Uh, tree branches and ledges and then like kind of pull yourself up so that's interesting to note i guess but not anything that's like to write home about um out of all the different versions and i told chris this prior to the episode that i tried um i actually enjoyed my time with the game boy one the most which i thought was uh mm. unusual because usually the game boy titles are not necessarily better than their kind of big boy console counterparts but for what it's worth, the the Game Boy version of Ninja Gaiden, um, which again is like a different story and stuff altogether, the gameplay is actually like tolerable. Like it's, I, I got up to level four of that game without really too much trouble, and then it starts to ramp up a bit. But I felt like it was more fair, so so I actually enjoyed my time with that one more than any of the others. I actually have a a few facts about that game. Go on. Um, that game is actually made by Natsume, mm -hmm. who made Shadow of the Ninja, mm -hmm. which is a similar game on the NES, um, which was two players. But this, the Ninja Gaiden on the Game Boy, it's called Ninja Gaiden Shadow, mm -hmm. was actually supposed to be a port, uh, well, not a port, but like a different version of Shadow of the Ninja uh. for the NES, or for the NES, for the Game Boy. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know how the... Um, the licensing worked or whatnot, but uh, it's pretty much what what they were uh, Shadow of the Ninja on the Game Boy. Interesting. Well, that that might but, actually yeah. explain yeah. the the <laughs> the gameplay differences then, because like it, it still feels real good to play, like in the same way that you know NES Ninja Gaiden does, as far as like the controls are concerned. Um, but uh, but like I said, I feel like the 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 overall level design and like enemy placement and stuff felt a lot more fair like it was still challenging but wasn't like infuriating i, I think that lends yeah, I was itself gonna say, like, go ahead shadow of the ninja really isn't as uh you know bullshit as ninja gaiden either so <laughs> <laughs> all right so that was the ninja gaiden that we all deserved then okay gotcha <laughs> the only the only other version i've i've played it all is the pc engine version most because it comes with the the turbo graphics mini the pc engine mini whatever have you um yeah not as good at all uh, it's, it looks pretty, it looks nice, but there's definitely a slowness and clunkiness to it that the NES version does a lot better, even though I have my issues with the NES controls to, to begin with. I don't think they're, they're perfect, but the, they're far better than the other versions that from what I can tell. And so did, did either of you, uh, ever play the, the arcade version of Ninja Gaiden? No. I want to say that I have, but like, I really like, this is not the. 
NES version. So why <laughs> like this is I can't move the same like it just didn't feel the same like so I was just like that is garbage. Yeah. So uh, so uh, obviously I I didn't play it back when it was actually in an arcade, but um I, I did go back and try out at least one version of it. So there there was a um there was a version that never actually ended up getting released. Um, but there is a, a ROM of it floating around out there if you ever wanted to try it out, which was the, I believe, not the Master System, but um, so there was a Sega Mega Drive version, um, so Sega Genesis, that, uh, that yeah, was, was in production kind of alongside the, uh, you know, the Master System and Game Gear ones, and then it never actually came to fruition and actually apparently nobody is 100% sure as to why that is but um but I did because Sega was selling like trash in Japan that's probably it <laughs> it's probably a good reason um but the the ROM is unfinished so I actually could only get through like one and a half levels of it but I will say that uh it is definitely you know just a side scrolling beat em up a la double dragon um but the the difficulty is nowhere near as punishing as the the platforming versions of, of ninja gaiden that we ultimately got um and i did watch some playthroughs of some of the uh, actual legit arcade versions of the game and i mean for what it's worth it looks like a pretty pretty decent you know sort of competent uh side scroller beat em up um if you look at a side-by-side -side comparison of the different ports of it though uh man it is really apparent that some of those platforms could not handle <laughs> some certain, you know, level of detail and, and things like that, because I think arguably the Amiga port of the arcade version was probably the closest to arcade, like I won't say arcade perfect, but closest to kind of replicating that because some of the other ones, man, like the Commodore 64 is, uh, who oh boy, that, uh, yeah. It doesn't look. Leave good. it up to the. Uh, yeah. Leave it up to the motherfucking Amiga. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that that was actually like I said, it was just surprising to me that that's actually where the game has its roots in. Technically, is that that arcade version? I guess which was vastly different from what most of us experienced at home. Yeah, and I think a, a lot of the systems it was ported to, no one really gave two flying fucks about North America. So we probably, <laughs> we like, probably. What is know. the links really? That's a bad example. We needed it. You should have said, what is the ZX Spectrum? Ah, yes. The good old Z. <laughs> Z-Ed. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the Z-Ed. We got to make everybody happy. It's the ZX Spectrum. Or everybody equally angry about it. One of the two. I'm all, hey, I, I don't care. <laughs> so, so I guess the last thing that I just wanted to point out, because I always thought it was kind of fascinating, and I think this just in general anyway, um, is the speedrunning community. That's something that I will never be able to do because I just, I, I'm not at that level um, for any of this stuff. But the, the community around this game is particularly interesting. Um, I've watched a number of, of videos about like the world record attempts and stuff at this game. And, and currently, as far as I'm aware, uh, a player by the name of Arcus 87 is the current record holder with a time of 11 minutes and 38 seconds and some change. I would highly recommend anybody that played Ninja Gaiden as a kid to go and look up his video on YouTube of that particular playthrough that he did on Twitch because, uh, man, it is impressive. And, and of course, if you look at some of the other videos of the history behind all of his speed runs, you know, he did thousands upon thousands of runs to get to that point. But man, and it also drives home the fact that this game is very much about 
memorization and and trial and error. Because as soon as he gets all that down, it's just a matter of just executing those steps one by one. Um, and it's it's pretty amazing to watch. So I, I would I would highly recommend checking that out if you have the if you have like 12 minutes to spare. I think about wraps it up. I did want to talk about the wall clinging, which I'll just briefly sum it up in that the wall clinging sucks because mm. you get knocked onto the wall and the wall sucks. And that, that that's gameplay. That's a long time ago. And it wouldn't get probably perfected until Batman which is on the NES and is a better jumping game. And I think ah, that was fun. Yeah. To do and I think it was oh, better in Batman. I think Batman. Batman came out before Ninja Gaiden. So fuck you, Ninja Gaiden. In any case, <laughs> we need to talk about whether or not this game holds up today. So since I'm talking now, I don't think it would flow well for me to talk about it. So Tiger, tell, tell us your opinions. Do you believe that Ninja Gaiden, oh, no. Ninja Gaiden holds up today? <laughs> Um, oh boy, I, I, I think if you take away, uh, the bullshit respawn (laughs) and the knockbacks, it's absolutely playable today. And so basically what I'm saying is it's playable up to like level three, (laughs) three, one or something. That sounds about right. Um, You'll get into the music. You'll get into the, like, I I even like the sound effect. Just killing a person with one hit. And most enemies you can kill with one slash of the sword. And it feels, it's always felt good to me. Like, to this day, it feels good to just hit someone with the sword and they go pop. And yes, I think that this game, for the most part, holds up. And you won't stop playing, you know, after, you know, two minutes. Like I would for most NES games. (laughs) Uh so yeah, yeah, that's a that's a thumbs up for me. Okay, um, I will go next, and I think my my answer is going to be actually through all my venting. I think I'm going to somewhat agree with Tiger, but for different reasons. Does this game hold up today? <laughs> if you don't, if you don't like Nintendo hard, if you don't like to challenge yourself, if you don't like that kind of expectation, then no, it it doesn't. There's a lot of things that are definitely wrong with this game. Uh, the gameplay is 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 not as smooth or or deliberate as a Castlevania. Like the platforming elements are are much more tedious than they are in Super Mario Brothers. However, if you're willing to put the time into it, if you're willing to memorize it, there's something there for you. You're just not it's not timeless, in my opinion, if you go back and play it like a punch out where memorization, again, is key and you always have to. You know, you don't have to build yourself up because you have a password. You don't have that Ninja Gaiden. You constantly have to memorize each level at the time. So if you go into that with that expectation and that's the kind of game you want to play, something that's punishing, something that's brutal, something that requires memorization of every little bit and screen and moment, then go ahead and do it. If if you don't want that hard pass, but I think in its own respects, it can hold up for a certain audience. Adding on to that, I, I I call this like a Mega Man effect mm. uh, where they're, they're casual players. When they play Mega Man, like in one level, they'll just say, fuck this. I can't beat this. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Ninja Gaiden kind of has that. So uh, yeah, but Mega Man's I, much better. <laughs> uh, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. But I, I will say that uh, if you don't have a a drive to play like this type of platforming game and doing things properly and correctly with timing, 
then it's definitely not for you. But I still think it holds up. I, I just got to say something really quick for a final recommendation. This is the game, for me anyway, this is the game that if you feel like life is going too well and you're too happy with how things are going, play this game. <laughs> <laughs> then it holds up. Or Mega Man. No, no. Keeps you no, grounded. Mega Man's fine. Mega Man's fine. Specifically the, oh, okay, okay. Mega Man's fine. This game, no. Uh, Shane, how about you? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I guess I guess Tiger's comments about the Mega Man effect is probably a good segue because, uh, hi, that's me. I am that player where I was just like, wow, this seems hard. Well, fuck this game. And then <laughs> back to it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's actually it's kind of tough because, like I said, there are things that I do like about this game. And I, and I think if you want to at least experience it just to say that you know, you have and to see kind of where a lot of the tropes came from, then it's worth at least checking out. Um, like the cinematic stuff is still cool. Even, even now, I think if you at least look at it as like a, let's remember that this occurred in like 1989, then it's definitely still a really cool thing to watch. The music is still great. It still holds up today. And you know what, if for nothing else, you can play it for like 15 minutes and get through maybe two levels and then be like, you know what? I'm going to do something else with my time. And that's okay. Because, you know, if, if you're not going to dedicate that amount of time, like, you know, Chris was, was saying, or, or, or Tiger, actually, both of you were saying, um, to really buckling down and memorizing how this game works, which is really what it kind of demands of you, if you want to get through the whole thing, which at the end of the day is not a long game and a lot of Nintendo games weren't, which is why they were so supremely difficult, then you know what? That's all right. Uh, so does it hold up? I, I don't know. Like, it, it, I guess like it's something to at least check out. Um, but outside of that, I don't think it's something I would recommend that you like sit down on your day off to relax with. That's for damn sure. No. Ninja Gaiden is a shmup for platformer fans. <laughs> wow, that's a really good way to put it. I love shmups. Mm -hmm. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I think with all of that being said, then I think we're we're about uh, we're about done. So uh, so Tiger, um, once again, thank you for for joining us on the show. It's always a pleasure having having you on to to chat Nintendo and such. Absolutely. And uh, if we always if we ever want to talk about you know bullshit nintendo games that are unfair yeah i'm the man <laughs> <laughs> well uh i i can guarantee that this will not be the last time that that happens so so we can <laughs> we can look forward to that but um but i guess i'll uh i'll do our quick little spiel as we are wont to do because i got to hey! that one today hey it finally happened it only took like four or five episodes i intentionally uh, let you get it just let me have this chris just let me have it i mean good job uh, Shane. yeah thank you great uh, i i'm really really proud of myself um but so if you're listening to this then you've already found us so hey hi congratulations we're glad you're here um and but there are a couple other places that you can find us on the internet if you want to follow along with uh, the posts that we make and things like that we are on uh, all the social medias so instagram facebook twitter all that fun stuff so you can just look for retro hangover and find us there 
Uh, we do, of course, have our Patreon that is always running. Um, and if you like us enough for some crazy reason to uh, donate to that, then you can head on over to bit.ly slash rhpatron and choose a donation tier of your choice. And regardless of what you pick, it will at least get you access to our uh, patron discord. So you can jump in and chat with the other patrons as well as us, of course. Uh, and if you decide to go to a higher tier, there are other cool things that you can get such as our bonus audio content feed uh, called RHP Turbo, which includes our rapid-fire reviews that we alluded to earlier in the episode, as well as outtakes from these episodes and uh, other fun stuff like that. So uh, please feel free to take a look at that if you are so inclined. And uh, we, we do have a merch store with some pretty cool retro hangover stuff in there. That's at bit.ly slash RHP merch. You can get yourself a Gorp the Eggplant Dragon t-shirt, which is our official mascot. Um, thanks to our uh, loyal follower, Vertikai, for uh, kind of making that one come into being. Um, we are very grateful for that. And uh, and some other neat stuff as well. So, uh, so oh, Chris... Why don't you talk a little bit about our uh, our stream Sundays? Yes, absolutely. So uh, every Sunday on Twitch, we try to do a stream unless my computer decides it wants to melt down, which isn't an uncommon Likely. experience, which which happened not too long ago, which is sad. Uh, it, I, I think I've recovered it. If you want to join us on our Sunday streams, we do it at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I was about to say 2100 because that's my life. And... Come and join us on on Twitch at that time, and we will see you there. And we love to have the the audience. It's usually just Lyle, and Lyle uh, was very upset about at the time of this recording our our most recent Twitch stream because I don't know there was there wasn't enough Sanic. That's what not, it was. not enough Sanic because Sonic never CD, enough Sanic. We're gonna have to cover that game. But yes, that's what it is. And he I, said, "If you want to, and and you want to, yeah, I, I don't want to. You know. But we need. I always got to gotta talk more about that needle mouse. What goes fast? Yes. I also want to say thank you very much. I know we said in the opening for our uh, our polygonal, our polygonal supporters, but we do have a new Patreon supporter. So thank you very much to Paul Romalo, friend of the show, uh, former guest, for becoming our newest patron. Thank you, Paul." for joining the patron crowd. Uh, we deeply, deeply appreciate it. You rock. We really do thank you. Oh, and also while we're doing quick shout outs, I also wanted to say hey to our uh, super fan, Sam, who has resurfaced once again in our Facebook comments. So thank yes. you for uh, for engaging with us as, as you do. And I promise that we are going to do a Chrono Trigger episode at some point. It will happen. Oh boy. It needs to happen. And, and you could probably, I think... Uh, we should be recording this weekend, but you might be able to catch us on another podcast called the Grand Rapidians Video Game Podcast. We might be recording there. So if you'd listen to them, go ahead and check us out. We're going to be hanging out with them in their future episode. That should be fun. Yeah. So, uh, Tiger, uh, any any place or thing that you would like to plug where people can can find you? Uh, I have a Twitter. You can find me at L-P-T-Y-G-E-R. And that's it. Awesome. It's much more succinct than our shit. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> all right. Yeah, right. Uh, cool. Well, hey, with all of that being said, until next time. Play with your dragon dickin' joysticks. <laughs> really sold that delivery, Chris. Good job. <laughs> Working hard <laughs> like dick dragons.
Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part? No added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five four-ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in headfirst with full 12-ounce bags. They've even got K-Cups. Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly slash rhpbones. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash R-H-P-B-O-N-E-S.